Story is an acclaimed life coach, spiritual advisor, and author. Whether one-on-one or to large audiences of up to 85,000 people, Tim is able to connect and have an impact on a personal level with celebrities, business titans, professional athletes, and children and adults in war-torn regions, having traveled to over 75 countries. Tim has coached Robert Downey Jr., Charlie Sheen, Kanye West, and Oprah Winfrey, just to name a few. And today, Tim is going to give us tips, tools, strategies to turn a setback into a comeback. I'm so honored to welcome my friend, Tim Story. Thank you so much for joining me, Tim. I'm so happy that you're here in lovely Florida yes. visiting. It's hot in Florida. It is. <laughs> is it hotter than California? Well, you know, California has been hot for a little while, but this humidity... Yeah. I think you have to get used to it, or can you even get used to it? I don't know. I've lived here for a couple months now. It's really hard to get used to, but on the flip side, I'm happy to deal with this than yes. the blistering, cold, dark, you know, winters in New York. I so agree. I'm okay. So I can see why you spend a lot of time here. Yeah. And so many of our friends, right, yeah. have moved out here. Right. It is, it's beautiful, and the people are great. So yes. I'm having a nice time. So you and I have known each other for a number of years now. Yes. I wanted to... Pick your brain on how you remember meeting me. Do you yes, remember? Of course I do. Okay. Okay, so when I think about uh, meeting you, I have to go way back to literally 9 11 mm. because I'm a person that loves to know what's trending, what's happening. So when I begin to see you pop up in the news as this person that had lost their fiance, mm. uh, it was such big, big, big news. And I think that, that that picture that landed on the cover of so many newspapers and so many people saw it of a person that was distraught um, in so much pain really like painted a picture of 9-11 that was interesting. So I started following you then like as just a person of interest and what an interesting human being. And then we have friends because of... Uh, the things that we do in entertainment. So I knew that you were like a legend in Las Vegas <laughs> for what you did, right? Right. So that's how I knew you. I knew you as that legend. And then um, because of what I do for a living of life coaching people and helping people really step into their purpose in a, in a huge way, mm-hmm. one of our mutual friends said, uh, hey, I'd like you to talk to Rachel. She's a really great person. And so that's how we started dialoguing. Yeah. And I remember that I I sort of hadn't hit my rock bottom, but I was heading there and I really needed your advice. And Mm -hmm. you just stepped in without knowing me from our personal relationship. You really just got me. And I felt like that was something that I hadn't felt in a long time. I felt very misunderstood. I felt like people, you know, I'd lost a lot of credibility and I was kind of lost. And do you remember Mm. that I came to visit you? Were we in Toledo? Yes. So that is like one of my favorite (laughs) stories of all time, because the way I see you, I see you like very New York, very Las Vegas, very Beverly Hills. Uh Uh-huh. Not Toledo, Ohio. No, but we had the best time. It was so awesome. So I was speaking for uh, the Paul Mitchell group because mm-hmm. I do a lot of things with them. And you said, Tim, I only had like this time frame that I could do this. So you like flew to Detroit then took a little plane to Toledo. Yeah. But what an amazing 24 hours yeah. of two human beings talking. Yeah about, in my opinion, your brilliant life. You're so sweet. But for me, it was amazing because I got to see you get up and speak to this group of people for the first time in person Mm -hmm. and connect with them in a way that was, I really had never seen that before. I mean, you know, I'd gone to maybe some churches and this was not a religious or spiritual Mm -hmm. sermon by any means, but it felt like that because you, people were so energized. I mean, I remember walking in the room, people were giving you a standing ovation. They were just almost Mm -hmm. in tears about listening to what you had to say. And you, I could see how you changed the lives of these people, kids, whoever, and they were they were there for their business, right? I mean, you were coaching Mm -hmm. them just to be better at doing hair. Exactly. And it was like so (laughs) inspirational. And then we had this great dinner. We talked about, I was thinking of writing a book. You were helping me with that. Mm -hmm. So, and then we've gone on to do a number of things. We have 
done some interviews together. We talked about 9-11, like you were bringing yes. up for Facebook, which was very interesting. And then we worked with Reach TV together and, um, and you continue to work with them, but that was a really fun interview that we got to talk about 10. What, what was the topic exactly? 10. It was, it was like 10, uh, questions mm-hmm. by 10 different people. Right. And you were number one as you should be. But so my thing with you, Rachel, is I think that this whole idea of misunderstood, like what a phenomenal title. Because I think that, you know, if someone just walks in the room and they see you, they will instantly see, in my opinion, the the beauty, they'll see the grace, the class, because there's a, there's a way in which you carry yourself. So that is there, but there's also so many layers of you. There is the compassionate layer. There is the I'm a good mother layer. Uh, there is I care about my friends layer. And there is this really, really bright lady uh, layer. of People don't understand your educational background. They many times don't understand what you've done in the past, even in media. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in hearing your story and talking to you, I'm thinking to myself, truly this lady has been misunderstood and you, you've been put in like the wrong department of who she's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, you know, I think my strength that I've learned over time is to continually try and figure it out and reinvent myself. And I have made a lot of wrong turns to make yeah. the right turns and you've helped me go through a lot of mm-hmm. that, but it takes a lot of education, being in the moment, taking that step forward, showing up for things. And for me, really realizing it's okay to fail. Yes. Um, And that's why I really wanted to have you here, because I think that it's a universal feeling for a lot of people, whether or not they want to admit it, that they feel stuck or they feel, and they could feel stuck by something that's happened to them at event in their life that they can't get over, maybe a mistake they made, yes. um, a, a job that they're stuck in, whatever it is for them. I like what you're saying because it is okay to fail. And as you know, I have this statement where I say, sometimes you have to go left mm-hmm. before you go right. Yeah. And so everybody wants to be right, which is like to be germane, apropos, in the groove, in sync. So it's like right relationship. Yeah. My body feels right. You know, everything is right. Everything's aligned. But life is so much left, mm-hmm. rejected, forsaken, where things feel undone. Yeah. But sometimes we have to go left in order to go right. Mm-hmm. And I think that has happened in, in both of our lives. And that's one reason that... I, I felt that I was really listening to you mm-hmm. and understanding that your left was not in any way a permanent place, but it was a place where you could turn into what I call a library and a sanctuary, yeah. a library of learning and a sanctuary of going deeper. Right. So I'm curious, how did you get into this line of work? How did you get interested in this to be able to find your purpose and your voice? So what happened to me is that um, being raised in Compton, California, we had seven people in a two-bedroom apartment. And, you know, you many times hear these athletes tell these stories about, like, um, being raised in a lower-income family and being raised in a tight uh, situation. But you don't know it until you're really there. Yeah. So you got to really picture it in your mind. Mm-hmm. You got to think of, okay, a two-bedroom apartment. You got a, a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. Then you have three daughters and you have two sons. Mm-hmm. You got to find a, a, a way to do life that way. Yeah. Okay. We had one bathroom. <laughs> but here was the interesting thing is that my mother was really into discipline. So everything was always super, super clean. So... What she would say to us is that we might be lower income, but we're not lower class. Mm. So everything was, don't do a half-assed job. That was everything like, so we didn't do anything halfway. Right. But that type of background uh, gave me a lot of compassion Mm. for the struggler. Right. For the underdog. I love the underdog. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the up and outer are the quote unquote down and outer. Yeah. So that was the beginning of the Tim story uh, calling is I love the underdog. So I decided to go to seminary 
And I wanted to be like a hip, cool Mother Teresa. Mm. And that's what I ended up becoming. So I, I see myself more as a humanitarian yeah. first. Mm -hmm. And then I get to do all these other things. Was there something in your life that you would say as the one thing that you felt was a setback that you needed to turn into a comeback that really made you understand all the people that you work with in in the present? I think, I think no doubt about it. I think that um, when my, my father passed away when I was 10 and we needed him, he was a key component in that family because he had like energy, he had joy, he had laughter. Yeah. My mother was very disciplined. My mother never really hugged me until she was like 75 years of age. Yeah. And when she hugged me, because I threw a big party for her, mm -hmm. and she hugged me and hugged me too long, it literally <laughs> threw me off. I'm like, okay, this is a new one. Like my own mother's showing me affection. Yeah. So when my father passed away in a car accident, but you have to understand the car accident. He's going through a green light, a man runs a red light, hits him, and he's instantly gone, which was such a weird thing because now, like, the leader of the family, yeah. the joy of the family, the let's go get ice cream guy of the family is gone. It felt like a cold garage. Mm. So I felt like I lived in a cold garage for so many years. Yeah. And then after that, you lost your sister as well yes, in a similar way, in a car accident. Yes. Yeah, so she, she had two amazing friends that were sisters. And my sister was in the back. They were going to San Francisco just to be girls and have fun. They were only 20. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was foggy. And she went off the freeway down uh, area. And my sister went into a coma for eight days and she died only two years after my father passing. So I don't say any of this because I feel sorry for myself, but it was, as me and you talk about, it was a life interruption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a life interruption from little Timmy from Compton with my high energy and my charisma. Mm -hmm. What a challenge to the soul. Yeah, right. Now, so many people get stuck in grief. Yes. So many people cannot get past that trauma. Um, how would you suggest to people to move forward from that without feeling like it's not giving the time to grieve for their loved one, but so that they can step out of it because it's so debilitating? Yes. Okay. So here's how it works. So sometimes you have a promise and the promise dies and then you grieve. Hmm. So everybody that's watching right now, they've had a promise that has died before a relationship that they thought would work and it died. Right. Okay. Or a business situation or a dream that, that died. Mm -hmm. When something or someone dies, uh, it's a proven fact. The grieving process is about two years mm -hmm. where there's a groaning on the inside. Mm -hmm. Isn't this interesting? Yeah. So let's say somebody was in a relationship and was married and even if the man cheated or did something terrible and you're like, I'm over him and we're even going to have a party for it and I'm over, maybe not. In your mind, you're trying to be, but maybe in your soul, you're grieving. Right, right. Okay, so you have the promise, the promise dies, and then you grieve. Yeah. Now, that grieving part of your life, you better really be careful because... If you don't handle it correctly, you will begin to sit in what I call that setback mm. and settle in that setback. Mm -hmm. How many of our friends have we seen that have gone through addiction problems, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Marital problems, challenges in their life, maybe even in their 30s, and they are sitting and settling in the grief of their setback. Right. Step into a world of nonstop action on DraftKings Casino. You'll find all the classics like blackjack, roulette, and slots, as well as exclusive games you won't find anywhere else. Right now, new customers can get a deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. Signing up is all it takes to get started on DraftKings Casino. Once you've selected a great offer and made your deposit, you'll have access to a full suite of games. The best part? You get to play online in your own time, in your own space, and within your own means. Plus, the platform is safe, secure, and reliable. Whenever you're ready, you can deposit or withdraw your cash hassle-free. 
Download the DraftKings Casino app now, sign up with promo code UNDERSTOOD, and new customers get a deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code UNDERSTOOD. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 1-800-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. One per opted-in new customer. Minimum $5 deposit. Maximum match $100 in casino credits, which require one-time playthrough within seven days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. I remember when I lost my father, I was 15. Yeah. And at the beginning, and listen, I also lost my fiance, as you know, and it was a similar process where at the beginning, it was almost easier because it hadn't settled in yet. And I remember months later it hitting me and being in the shower mm-hmm. and it was probably cause I was alone. You know, at the beginning, a lot of people yes. surround you and are, they're giving you attention and they know you need help. But it's later on when you're by yourself in the quiet of your home and your mind is quiet that all of a sudden those feelings can really so come powerful. back and haunt you mm-hmm. and take over. And what I found is it was okay to feel those and then try and move on. But it, you know, it was very interesting to me that I, could not live in the what if, what if, if that, what if that person was still alive, I would be Mm -hmm. in a cab in Manhattan. Andy, my fiance, he's supposed to be in the cab with me. This seat is now empty because he's not here. And it took me a good year after, like you're saying, it takes you time to really say, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. The time I had with him was the time I was supposed to have. Yes. And now for me to grow, for me to get over this, I, I'm shutting all these things out. I need to realize that like, there is no what if anymore. I yes. need to sort of live. 100%. And I think that so many people are walking around grieving Yeah. and we don't think it's okay. Mm-hmm. So we, we put on this mask, we put on this energy or... Things are so amazing, mostly in the social media age. Mm-hmm. But it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And I, I, I really teach that in my life coaching. Uh, sometimes you got to tell people that, you know, uh, if they say, how are you doing? Just to say, I'm doing okay. I'm working through things, mm-hmm. but I'm doing okay. And then some silly people will say, well, well, every day is beautiful. Every day is amazing. You know what? Life is beautiful. But there are things that cause us to grieve. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of my favorite sort of passages from Cahil Gibran's The Prophet, I don't yes, know if you've ever read of it, course. was about joy and sorrow. Yes. And I have a tattoo down my back and it says, without pain, yeah. happiness has no meaning. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that you have to feel one side of the pendulum, the negative, the pain, the the guilt, the grief, whatever it is, to mm-hmm. be able to feel the same extent of the happiness and the joy. So that's so, so powerful. So let me ask you a question because of the idea that you would love that passage so much you would put it on you, okay? Mm -hmm. Do you think that you've come through most of the pain and now have come into a different place or do you feel like the pain is always kind of lingering? I mean, the pain is lessened, but I think it's always lingering. I feel like, and maybe it's not lingering, but it's something that I remember, right? Yeah. So it's uh-huh. something that's in me. It's in my bones, yeah. um, the loss, the pain, the whatever it is for me. Mm-hmm. So I remember it. And to be able to remember it and feel it, I can feel the extent of the other side. So, I mean, I'm getting through that yeah. negative. I'm mm-hmm. always working through it, but I, I appreciate now being in it and sort of marinating in that yes. because you learn your biggest lessons from being in that. So if I forgot what it was like to be in pain, yeah. I wouldn't be able to experience the joy. But I love that. I think that's part of your growth because if you if you look at how people wanted you to be, mm-hmm. okay, be the pretty girl, be the fascinating person, right? Mm-hmm. So when they're inviting you to a party or to go on a yacht or 
to go to another country, even if it's your girlfriends, yeah. they're looking for a certain version of you. Sure. Make sense? Yeah. So there's a, there's a song, because I know you like music, older song, Billie Holiday, mm-hmm. called Good Morning Heartache, Here You Are Again. Mm. It's such a powerful uh, song that Diana Ross ended up redoing for a movie called Mahogany, Our Lady Sings the Blues. But in this song is a lot of, is so much truth Mm. because sometimes even me with all my optimism, Mm. I wake up and I kind of think, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like truly, I think to myself, man, that sucks that my father passed like that Mm. or that sucks that that happened. Mm -hmm. And I have to work through it in my own mind and in my own soul. Right. So the other thing that I, need to remember, and I've learned through the years, is the quote, this too shall pass. A lot of people think that just means like, you're going to get through the hard times, so don't worry, there'll be an end to this. Mm -hmm. For me, it means even the good times are going to pass. So when you're in them, you have to be present in them, soak them up, learn from them, enjoy them, because that that moment will pass and you will have another hard time or you will have another lesson you have to learn. And so many people, I think, are stuck in their phones, their faces down, they're not present. And being present in the moment to me has been so helpful to get me through my hard times because I'm focused on myself. I like how you're thinking what what you're saying with this idea of this too shall pass. So when you were little and you were going through all the challenges that we've talked about before, did you see your life that it could be as good as it became? I I don't know. So I'm really asking you this question. Mm Did you visualize that I'm going to travel the world, I'm going to do big things? Because you you went through so much conflict at such a young age. I I think as a young child, you know, it's interesting because I'll ask my daughter what she wants to be or what she sees for her life. When she was really little, I said, what do you want to be? She said, I want to be a tomato. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't know what they're saying. (laughs) Now she says she wants to be a surgeon, you know, because she's she's 11. Now she watches Grey's Anatomy. Mm -hmm. This is like her big thing. She, the the world is her oyster kind of, right? But when things start to happen to you, you know, you're this little crystal ball when you start out and then it gets dirty with life experience. I think when I was younger, sure, I thought, Everything can, everything that I want can happen. You read these books about the princess and Mm -hmm. the prince and everybody saving you and blah, blah, blah. Then as you get a little older and I'm still talking about young, things will happen in your life and you think, oh, this will never happen to me. I won't find the prince. I won't be able to travel the world, whatever it is for, Mm -hmm. you know, that is the dirt that covers that crystal that you once thought could happen. You don't see it being a possibility anymore. And that's taken, I'm 48 now. It's taken my life to realize you can rub that dirt off. You You can start over. You can. And it's so powerful to me. You can, you can reset, no doubt about it, which is what you have done in your life. In my opinion, in knowing you for this time now, I see a new vibrancy that's, that's in you. And I think one of my favorite sides of you is you as the, as the parent. Um, when I see you like out with your daughter and I see you, you know, you brought in someone to teach her how to dance mm-hmm. and you would do the TikTok videos. So goofy. Yeah. I mean, it's so <laughs> awesome. Like a side that a lot of people don't know yeah. about you, but what we were talking about this is this idea of we have momentum and then we have these setbacks. Yeah. So when most people have a setback, they take a step back. Mm-hmm. So watch they have a setback, then they take a step back. And if you're not careful, you keep taking step backs, you'll find yourself so far away from who you're really supposed to be. Right. And I think so many people don't even know who they're supposed to be or don't know who they are Mm -hmm. because they're so influenced by the environment around them, by people they're associating with, with all this social media and all this smoke and mirrors of what success is, what happiness is. And I think that really... Um, contributes to people not feeling happy. So for the people that are listening that I really want to let them kind of reap the benefits of your knowledge, I feel like, I mean, you've obviously interviewed some of the biggest CEOs, some of the biggest celebrities. Mm -hmm. Isn't it true that even no matter how much money you have or how popular you are, you feel misunderstood or you feel like there's something you're missing? Have you found that? 100%. So there was a time 
that for the sake of a talk I was going to give, I started asking high-profile people if they felt like their life uh, was not that great, even though we thought it was great. Right. And all 20 said that truly I almost feel like I'm an, I'm an imposter. Right. Because I suck in certain areas, but I'm not allowed to act that way, say that, be that way. Mm -hmm. But secretly, I feel that pain of I'm a bit of an imposter. So I would say that from all the people that you know that I work with, that 100% that they feel this way. Mm -hmm. But I think even more so because their life is amplified. Right. So imagine your life not being great mm -hmm. and you go down Sunset Boulevard and you see a big billboard of yourself for a new movie that's coming out, mm -hmm. but you know that your life is not good. Right. And, you know, I, like you, know a lot of celebrities and the yeah. common theme there is that people put them on a pedestal mm -hmm. for whatever they're known for, right? Whether right. they're an actor or they're a model or athlete, but- at the end of the day, they're just like you and I. They right. take the trash out, they go to the bathroom, they have yeah. issues with their parents or with their significant mm -hmm. other, and they almost can't admit to that or they're hiding that from the people that put them on the pedestal yes. because they don't want anyone to know that there's anything wrong. And that could be so much more suffering than you know the everyday person who can be out there and just say, oh, my life is awful, I'm in this shitty job, and yes. I, how do I fix this? You know, mm -hmm. so sometimes it's even harder. But for the people that are listening that feel like they're stuck, whether it's a big stuck, like they yes. are literally, they cannot function, or they're just in a dead-end job, or they're in a dead-end relationship, how do you get them from the place of living in that fear, if that's yes. what's making them stuck, to taking that step out of it? Okay, so number one, I think most people do feel stuck, mm -hmm. like right now. Yeah. So part of it is a, a statement that I make. If you don't do something with life, life will do something with you. Mm. Okay, so really think this through. If you don't do something with life and you're assertive, life will do something with you. Life will push you around. Yeah. And then you find yourself in a relationship where you're like, how did I wake up next to this person? Yeah. Or in a body that you don't like, in a job you don't like, in a city you, you don't like. So what do I do now that I am stuck? Okay. Go back to that Bono song. You got to get yourself together. Mm. You got stuck in a moment and now you can't get out of it. Oof. Rachel, most people are there. Yeah. And so what do we do? Is and there's the question. so much fear of how to take that step because that's comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's getting out of that comfort zone, and it, that's the biggest fear, I think, for most people. Okay, so the first thing you do to get unstuck is you have to become awake. Mm. Okay, what, what do I mean by awake? If you were to study the word awake, which I have, like, for years, it, it basically means to be conscious, to, to come back. Mm -hmm. But I believe that we are kind of sleepwalking through life most times. That's why people say to me, I can't believe I'm already 23. Right. One of my friend's daughters said that the other day. I'm like, is that old too? She goes, oh my God, Uncle Tim, I'm 23. <laughs> she goes, where have I been? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think people sleepwalk through life. And so number one, to get unstuck, you have to, you have to wake up. Mm. Unfortunately, it's usually a crisis that does that to somebody. Right. It's something that went wrong in life. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. Okay. It's shaken them out of that stability kind of, even though it's unstable, but it's it's shaken them out of that ability to not make a choice to move forward. Right. For the most something part. usually dramatic mm -hmm. that wakes people up mm -hmm. is not usually they watched a podcast no. or they went <laughs> and saw a motivational speaker, mm -hmm. right? right? Usually the aha moment is coming through some kind of tragic thing taking yeah. place. So number one, if, to get unstuck, you have to become awake. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you have to take inventory. Mm -hmm. So watch how difficult this is. When I think of inventory, I have to look at someone's mindset. What is the strength of your mind and the clarity of your mind? Okay. I think most people, when they're stuck, their mind is not that clear. Mm. That's why they do silly things over and over and over again date silly people right. over and over and over again. 
You've seen that in some of your friends' lives, right? Of course, or make bad decisions because they think it's just going to negate the other decision, but they're not looking forward to say, okay, wait, what's a better path yes. to get over there? They're just taking the easy way out, and these are a lot of wrong terms, right. don't you think? 100%. So you have to take inventory, which is a very difficult thing to do. So mm-hmm. the way I do it, I will tell somebody that I'm working with, on a scale of 1 to 10, let's rate yourself. Okay. So, and I'll say mindset, scale one to 10. Most powerful man I coach will say like, mindset is a six. You're like, really? You're running a $700 million company and your mindset's a six? Yeah, I'm under so much pressure. Right. I'm not thinking right. I'm having challenges at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a lot, a lot of pressure on somebody to, to be at a higher level. So I will have them grade themselves on the mindset, the physical side. Okay. Okay. Their spiritual, whatever that is, their connection to whatever. Their job, their finances, mm-hmm. their relationships, okay, their family, but also their social life. And again, most high profile people that I do the one through ten on taking inventory, their scores are like in the middle. Okay. Five, six. We see them at 10. Sure. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. How, how much of it, how much of it has to do with sort of getting rid of the people that are around you that are enabling this bad behavior and surrounding yourself with like-minded people? Okay. So you just hit my point number three. Oh, okay. That's how good you are. <laughs> my gosh. Life coach to the stars, <laughs> Rachel. Okay. So how to cut people out of your life? Cause sometimes you need to, mm-hmm. as you say, that you have your first level, which is the acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Second is friends and family. Third is the green room. Right. Okay. So it's me, you, and Oprah speaking at a big conference. Can you imagine it? Amazing. Okay. Love so it. they're going to say, Rachel, there's your green room. You can put seven people in there and we have all the things you like, all the snacks. Mm-hmm. You know how this works. Yeah. Tim Story, there's your green room, all the snacks. Oprah, you and Gail can go there. <laughs> there's all the stuff that you guys want. <laughs> okay, that's the green room. The green room, you better watch who's in there mm. because in your green room is where you share your secrets. Right. In your green room is where you can gain strength or lose strength. Hmm. This is so powerful. I think too many people have allowed people in their green room that have no business hearing their secrets. Okay. So if me and you were going to go travel and I was about to go speak to 30,000 people, one thing you will always see about me is, you know, this about me anyway, I could be very focused. Mm -hmm. I don't want people in there that are sapping my strength, sapping my energy, Mm -hmm. right? Saying, are you nervous? Wow, the crowd doesn't seem that excited. Are you nervous? Tony Robbins just spoke. He did so well. Are are you nervous now? I don't need that. I need people that are going to stir me up. Yeah. That are really people that are on my side. Yeah. So we have to push people back from our green room, Mm -hmm. take them back to friends and family, Mm -hmm. And then bring them all the way back to the acquaintance. There should be very few people in your green room. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. So speaking of something like that, yes. you've uh, worked with Kanye West yes. before. What's going on with him? Yeah. So I think number one, I, I love him like a little brother. Mm. So we met on an airplane in 2006. And at that time he was big, but he wasn't as big as he was about to become. Okay. So I got to know an innocent, uh, more innocent version of of Kanye Mm. and literally got to see uh, the genius nonstop from 2006 to the present. Mm. Um, I think that it's like you say in life that there are there are seasons Mm -hmm. and there's no doubt about it that after his mother Donda passed, who was very kind to me and I would consider a friend of mine, I was at her funeral. I think that something happened to him yeah. that, that triggered him and challenged him. And I do think that he will be wise enough to uh, continue to seek the help that he needs yeah. because we all need to seek help at one point or another. Yeah. So I, 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 I love him like a little brother and I'm looking forward to his comeback. So do you think that that trauma 
obviously that gave him a setback and he may still be stuck in that and he doesn't realize, but with someone like that, how much of their sort of genius is about being in that setback because you create music and you do all this stuff, but then it also can trigger all sorts of mental issues. Yes. Actually, that is a great statement that you make because they, they look at people like John Lennon Mm -hmm. and they say that he was always kind of in a state Mm -hmm. that was interesting same with David Bowie in the early years. Right. Prince, very much so. Yeah, right. right. So you're, you're saying something that is so true. And they say comedians, too, are some of the most no doubt about depressed it. people, which you would mm-hmm. never know. So I think that um, you, can, you can have that kind of creative um, state where you're in a place of being undone. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the chaos Mm. that creates the problem. Right. And so I think for Kanye, I think with all his friends who love him, Mm -hmm. uh, because I've talked to so many people that, you know, everyone would know their names, that love him so much that are celebrities, but yet he's kind of shut them out for a season. He's got to let those people back in the green room because the chaos is not good. Yeah. And that's what's causing the challenge. I want to ask you about that. Do you think that chaos is a lot of the problem that everyday people can find in their life because there's too much chaos around and they need to find a place of peace to understand how to find their purpose? 100%. So what happens is that I find, I wrote this book called The Miracle Mentality, Mm -hmm. which is about thinking bigger. Yeah. And I say in this book that people usually live in these stages, the mundane, Mm -hmm. which so many people are caught in the mundane where, you know, they could think I'm marrying the person in my dreams. And then, you know, five years later, it's like very mundane, which is like very normal, very regular. Okay. So people live in these stages and that is the mundane, the messy, the messy means disheveled. Okay. We've met a lot of people that are messy in their mind and in their movements You have the mundane, the messy, but then you have the madness. Mm. That madness is that state that we're talking about now. But there's a lot of people watching right now. You are in a state of madness. Right. There's so much going on. Right. Right. So many images, so many thoughts, Mm -hmm. and you have to find a way to come down from that madness. Right. Something that I love that you talk about is something that has really resonated with me, but something happens in your life, whether or not you've created that or it's been put upon you where they are stuck in the, what happened, Mm -hmm. right? They're stuck in that event and they go through life as a discount version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Talk about that, that thought process and how to get out of it. I love, I feel like you have done the remake of the discount version of yourself because (laughs) you're using that on certain interviews Mm -hmm. and it's so you. Yeah. Please continue to talk about that. But I love that concept because it really resonates with me. So I think that what happens is that someone can be riding high in life Mm -hmm. and then they have that setback. That interruption. That life interruption. Mm -hmm. And now they become a discount version of themselves. Now, When you think of discount, think of going into a nice department store Mm -hmm. and you've been marked down, but you've been marked down again and maybe marked down the third time. Mm -hmm. So when I see discount version of yourself, I don't even see a single markdown. I see somebody allowing themselves to continually be marked down in life. Mm. And then how would you suggest to people that are feeling like that or that resonates with to take that first step to move into their second act, to get out of being stuck in that first act? Yes. Okay. So one of the ways to do that is somehow, some way you have to find your value again. Mm -hmm. Where's my value? Who knows that I'm valuable? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it an old friend? Right. Is it a school teacher? Right. Is it my mother? Do I have to go find my father? Who knows that I'm valuable? So this is what I do when I coach people and they say, Tim, I feel like I'm stuck in that place. And I said, we need to find somebody who knows you're valuable. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? Yes, very. Like somebody that doesn't see you as just Rachel who 
has been in all these headlines and who is this person that now has this amazing podcast. Mm -hmm. But she's little Rachel at 11 with big dreams. Right. Who has the ability to shout like you like to talk about. Exactly. Tell people about that concept because I love that too. I love the shout. And you see it in your daughter that like when you have your daughter and her little friends over, you never have to come into to, to kids' rooms that are having fun, fun and say, you know, pump up the volume right. because they're shouting. Yes, right. It's more like, okay, girls, let's bring it down a notch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost one in the morning. Yeah. Okay. So I say that life starts with a shout. Mm. Even when a child comes out of the mother's womb, there's a shout. Mm-hmm. Kids on the playground, there's a shout. Yeah man, I see little kids at the airport and their parents look so miserable and the kids are just like feeling it. They're shouting, they're dancing, they're skipping. But life can knock the shout out of you. Right, it really can. It can damn knock the shout out of you, but you can get your shout back. Yeah, right. So, and how would you suggest for people that are older that don't want to be skipping down the street to find that in themselves? I I have the perfect answer you're going to love. Okay, just like we can trigger ourselves into a bad place, I trigger myself every day into a good place. Mm. So I'm going to give you a couple of my ways. I love Motown music because it reminds me of little Timmy from Compton. Amazing. So this morning already, I listened to Motown music. So I listened to Stevie Wonder. I listened to The Supremes. I listened to Smokey Robinson. Mm -hmm. I listened to the Jackson 5, okay, before they were the Jacksons, and then Michael Jackson. So seven days a week, Rachel, I trigger myself with Motel music, I promise you. I love that. So that brings the shout back. Yeah. So instead of waking up and going, oh, my gosh, I love being me, but I'm scheduled from 7 in the morning to 10 at night. Right? Because mm-hmm. that could be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I instantly trigger myself. When I hear that music, Rachel, it takes me back. Okay, so if I wanted to trigger trigger little Rachel with music, what would we be playing? Tell That's me. easy. That would be <laughs> Wham, George okay, Michael. It would be Michael Jackson. Okay, I love it. And Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Those are my, that takes me back. Okay, let's think wham for a second. Okay. Because those guys were both handsome. Yeah. And so if you heard a wham song, mm-hmm. it would trigger you in what way? Make you feel what? Make you feel happy. I mean, I would just probably start singing along. I'd bob my head, <laughs> okay. I, you know, and I feel like I probably would stop thinking about what I was doing and yes. I would like goof around. I would get goofy. Yes. Okay. So I trigger myself through music Mm -hmm. because we're talking about how to get your shout back. Yeah. Another thing I teach even like super powerful people, I say, what were your favorite shows when you were a kid? Mm. Did you like cartoons? And almost every person will say yes. Mm -hmm. And I'll say your assignment for this week is I want you to watch several episodes of The Flintstones or I love Lucy, and they go, Tim, that's a dumb assignment. <laughs> and then they come back and they go, whoa, you're good. Right. I watched I Love Lucy, and I it triggered me back to, like, happier days. Right, right. Okay, so that's a good assignment for people. What are some tangible daily routines you would suggest for people that they can get started on tomorrow yes. to sort of get them in a, a more calm, peaceful mindset um, to get out of being stuck. Okay. So in, in out of this messy madness state. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would say this, I really do believe in the whole Brene Brown, um, Oprah Winfrey gratitude yeah. side of life. Okay. And you're into this too. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I like to really wake up and think of several things I am just grateful mm. for. Okay. And I, I do little things like I'm breathing. Mm. Then I put my feet off the bed. And I'm like, I can get up. Right. It's like I'm looking for the little things. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, I want to say something on that subject. A lot of people don't realize how grateful they should be for their health. Yes. I think, 100%. I think that's something that as we get older, we realize 
And I, I mean, I'm grateful for my health and yes. I'm, you know, and I, I feel like you don't have to wait till you're 80 to say yeah. things like that. You have so hit something that is like awesome because I told a friend yesterday, I said, I remember when old people would say to each other, at least you're healthy. Right. Or, and you would roll your eyes I'm like, like what, whatever. What are they talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah. Who's not healthy? Right. But you're right. In the gratitude list, it should be that you woke up that you're healthy enough, yeah, right? right? Or I'm getting healthier. Mm -hmm. So I think the gratitude idea is one. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I do on purpose, and you know that I'm a good texter, yeah. is that I will text five people every morning something positive. Oh, wow. Five people every morning something positive. I love that. And it, and it even throws off some of these really powerful men that we know Yeah, because they're not used to that. Right. Like another man saying, Hey, just thinking about you. Hope you have a great day. Life is good. Right. And, and then do they say what's wrong? Yes. And one guy, <laughs> one guy like three days ago said, is everything okay? <laughs> God, yeah. that's so great. So I think the gratitude, but I think that to me, that is like, showing my gratitude forward or paying it forward. Mm -hmm. And so I really like this idea of like that power text. Do you like this idea? I love that idea. And yeah. you're also giving to other people without being asked to. Yes. And that has a lot of power, you know, to, to be able to pay it forward, so to yes. speak. Um, we've been talking about a lot of things that are, we're stuck in our mind, but mm -hmm. what about people that are stuck in addiction? Yes. Whatever that may be, whether it's love addiction to drugs to sex, whatever it is, yeah. but those are diseases. So yes. how would you suggest getting out of that kind of problem? Okay, number one, I'm talking to a master because I'm not friends with Dr. Drew like you are. Yeah. I mean, you know, like everybody in the addiction space yeah. and you've done such a deep dive. And in my opinion, you've helped a lot of people in this yeah. space. And I think that that's part of what this podcast is about is also helping people that are even stuck in addiction. Yeah. I like to look at it this way. When I'm working with somebody who is struggling with addiction, which I have a lot of clients struggling with addiction, I'm not looking for them to be cured. Right. To be cured. Mm. I want you to be better. Yeah. If you think of being cured, you're going to get super frustrated. Right. Don't you think so? Yeah, and it's also a lot of work, and it seems way far out there. Way far out. But you can get better. Yeah in a day, then you can get better the next day. Right. And then you can feel better the next day. And it's about choices. 100%. And making that, being in the moment, like we talked about before, and making the choices to do what's right for you. Yes. I also have come to see that a lot of um, things that help addicts or, you know, myself included, is yes. realizing the problem, mm -hmm. realizing what is so hurtful to me or upsetting that someone needs to be in whatever addiction they're in. And once they can acknowledge that, be, you know, educated in themselves of why they choose to do that or what they're feeling that yes. they go to the drugs or the, the other human that they're associating with, um, that can be really helpful. Yes. And I think that that's where the power of partnership comes in. And there's a statement you're going to love when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived because you're deceived. Mm. So we, both know a lot of people that are deceived presently. Yeah, yeah. But they don't know they're deceived because they're deceived. Yeah. So sometimes it, it takes a real green room friend mm -hmm. to shake you a little bit and say, this is really not you. Right. You know, you really shouldn't be up to this. Right. And um, the power of partnership is so important in that, in, in, in shaking somebody a little bit and letting them know that that's not the best version of them. Right, right. So what would you say for people listening is the one thing that is the most important, out of all these things we've talked about, yes. how they could get started today, making the right decision towards a new path? I think you have to get tired of being tired. Mm. So it's almost like somebody who starts to feel like they're gaining, you know, five pounds and then it went to 10 pounds yeah. and then it's 15 pounds. Right. I want you to feel tired of being tired. Right. And what would be an assignment that you would give them that's a tangible assignment that they can say, oh, I'm going to do this? Okay. So I want, I want them to be 
aware of what the heck is happening to their life. Right. So if they if they go to the restroom at a restaurant and they look at themselves and go, what the heck? I look bloated. Right. I, I drank 13 days in a row. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that picture. Mm-hmm. And get to the point where you really don't like it. Yeah. I think most people really change when they get tired of, of being, being tired, tired. Yeah. And they say enough is enough. It happened in your life. Yep. It's happened in my life. Yep. Where I just said, I'm not going to be like a, a lower income person from the inner city and blame people because yeah. my father passed away. No, I'm going to get the hell up and out. Yeah. And become very assertive and, and have I, the fight. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to remember not to be discouraged because they think they're so far in one direction. Right. Because it just takes a day at a time to move forward. The weight will come off. The fr- the bad friends will dissipate. You know, like all these things you can change. And even if you you feel so far yes. gone, you can always get back to being who you are. So one of my favorite characteristics of, of who you are is that you are a fighter, okay? And you have to be a fighter if you're going to make it in this world. Yeah, Because you have the sight to a great life. Everybody has the sight. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I see it. It's going to manifest. Right. Probably not. Because <laughs> you got to have the sight, but you have to have the fight. Yeah. You have to have that grit, right? Yes. That you just go, boom, I'm getting back up. Right. Someone's trying to sue me, but I'm going to get back up. Someone's right. trying to lie about me, but I'm going to get back up. Right. That's that's a characteristic that is so deep inside of you. Yeah. But it's so essential, right. like, to be the person that you're supposed to be. And I think that's really important because I really have come to depend on myself for that fight. A lot of people, I think, depend on other people Mm -hmm. to build them up or to give them the answers, even to go to a therapist and have them give them the answers. I've found that what works best for me is when I have the fight for me and I, I put it all in myself and I'm not taking other people's advice and doing just that. Like all of that helps, but you have to stand on your own two feet and make those decisions. I like that. that. And that's part of taking inventory where people take inventory and they say to themselves, you know, inside of me is resilience. Mm. There is something inside of me that wants to bounce back. Right. And then I can do this. It's a, it's a Whitney Houston song that says, I didn't know my own strength. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you been there where you're like, Oh man, I'm kind of overwhelmed. Right. But then that fight came in you. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't know my own strength. So for all you that are watching right now, you don't know your own strength sometimes, but the strength really is there. Right. And how important do you think forgiveness is of yourself, but of, of other people too, to be able to move forward and let go of some of those chains that hold people back? So what a great question. So watch, if you don't forgive and forget and go forward, Mm -hmm. so watch, forgive, forget, go forward, Mm -hmm. you will retain, continue to remember, and you will continue to regress. Mm -hmm. So it's a choice. You have to forgive, forget, and go forward, or you're going to continue to go back. Yeah. You have to learn to forgive other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Doesn't mean you bring them back to your green room. Yeah. Okay. But you really need to learn to forgive your own self. Right. I have learned to forgive my own self. Right. It's yeah. such a powerful thing to know because even for me, I have issues where I, you know, I'm stuck with not forgiving other people, forgiving other people for what I feel like they did to me, Yeah. you know, and I have to make it about me. I have mm-hmm. to take responsibility for my stuff. And I think uh, that's really important for people to realize, stop putting the blame on other people yeah. and forgive, move on. And sometimes it's about forgiving yourself mm-hmm. and people, you know, have placed way too much blame on other people when they should be looking within. Yeah. And I think also Rachel, that if you look at the people that have hurt us in the past, I don't think a lot of them were healthy people. Yeah. And so it's this idea of hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so why do I want to wish somebody bad when they're already spiraling? If you, if you really took inventory of who's hurt you in the past, it's hurt people hurting people, even if they had a lot of money or had a lot of power, yeah. they're, they're still hurt people. But isn't it a beautiful thing to be more healthy mm-hmm. as we are now, right? Right. right. More awake, more aware, 
yeah. going forward, mm-hmm. being so excited about what's next. Yep. Because as you know, I always teach this, we go through recovery and discovery at the same time. Right. I mean, the beauty is who knows what's going to happen by the end of this year for both of our lives. Right. And I think that's really important to get into about how people can have a purpose mm-hmm. now, yes. but then in a year it could be a different purpose. And there's always a chance to keep renewing, growing, coming up with different ideas that make you a better person. For you, where yes. do you see things going in the future? I think that for me, um, you know this term. A friend of mine said um, recently, Tim's story plays with house money. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that like what I have been allowed to do and become mm-hmm. is so beyond my own expectations, yeah. 78 countries of the world speaking to as high as 85,000 people at a time mm-hmm. and the things that I get to do. So I feel like I'm playing with house money. So to me, I want to go even more after the underdog. Yeah. So my, my, my new things as I've been going into a lot of orphanages, but I've been doing something really interesting and in going to a lot of mental institutions because wow. that's where a lot of people think, they're just finished. Yeah. Hell no, they're not. Yeah. I go in there and I'm seeing results. Oh, I love that. I tell them funny stories, interesting stories. I play music that I think they're going to like. And the, and some of the people that are working there start to weep and they go, oh my God, this guy has never responded to anybody. Wow. Because there's still a human being and they're still alive. But they've been labeled for so long. And a lot of those people play into that label because no one's believed in them. And exactly. that is so amazing that you go in there and give them a chance Heck to connect yes. with you when so many people have just given them up and thrown them in these places. Yeah. So this is what I'm after. I'm, I mean, I get to do all these little fancy things that I get to do, mm. but I'm, I'm really going after the underdog like never before because- yeah. I can afford to do it. I can make time to do it. And so to me, that's what I want to do. My vision is to see other people's vision come to pass. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So lastly, I just want to ask you, what would you say is the most misunderstood thing about where we are in our lives that people can say, all right, you know, how can I get out of this? What's misunderstood about me? And where can we go from here? I think that... Part of the big problem of the misunderstanding of life mm-hmm. is this ideal of what we think life is supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. It's an ideal. Yeah. And success, probably. Too. And success. Yeah. So it's like this. Let's say you're in fifth grade and then we're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be awesome. It's summertime. No school <laughs> for the whole summer. Okay. That's what you think. Mm-hmm. For maybe the first week, but then maybe you start missing your friends. Yeah. Or maybe your parents are working and you're finding yourself at home. Mm-hmm. So it's not how you thought. Yeah. So I think this idea of life, you said it so perfectly in the middle of the interview. Life is seasons. Mm-hmm. It's winter. It's spring. It's summer. It's fall. Mm-hmm. But it's all beautiful. Right. So getting realistic. I'm very realistic about life. Mm -hmm. I used to be a jogger. Now I'm a fast walker. (laughs) I'm realistic. Okay. So when I was younger, I would run forever. Now I walk forever Mm. and it's just reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important. What you said is that there are different seasons. It's okay to have ups and downs. Yes. There are new days. Every day is a new day. Every day you can make a choice and the greatest setback can give you the greatest comeback and no one is down and out and everyone deserves a second chance. You are an amazing comeback coach. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, I'm learning from the best. So where can people connect with you so that they can either go to one of your sermons, one of your your events, or or even work with you one-on-one? So timstory.com. Okay. So you guys will put it there. So timstory.com and you'll see what we're up to. So I'm on tour. There's a group called Aspire that... uh, I'm doing like a lot of cities with them now. They have large crowds, mm-hmm. so I enjoy that. And then I speak for a lot of other events, mm-hmm. so I enjoy that. Great. So timstory.com. And your Instagram? Is timstoryofficial. Got it. Okay. Yes. So everyone can follow you there. Do you look at your DMs? Do I people do. reach out to you? Okay. Yes. Yes. I look at my DMs. But 
I have to say this because you know how much I love you. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of what you're doing with this podcast. Thank you. Great name. Thank you. And it's working. You're changing lives. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I owe a lot to you. It's such an honor that you made this trip for me. So I really appreciate it. I hope that all of our listeners and watchers will get something out of this and contact you if they need extra help. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a five-star rating and review. You can support the show by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. Do you have ideas for the show or want to reach out? Email us at info misunderstood podcast at gmail.com. That's spelled M-I-S-S understood. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Misunderstood.